I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Calling all sheep. Uh, Today's passage in John chapter 10 comes to us from Dale Smith. And if you take a look at John chapter 10, what you're going to find there is a very long passage focused on the imagery of sheep and shepherd, sheep and gate. Lots and lots of sheep in this passage. And ultimately, Jesus is calling all sheep. But here's the thing. We read this passage through our religious lenses. We read John chapter 10 through all the things that the church has said over 2,000 years. We don't know so often what it is Jesus was really saying back then. We just assume someone's told us something and that's what it must be. So we need to begin by putting on our first century thinking caps and go back to what was going on with Jesus, with the people, when he said what he said. So you'll remember back in the first century, Jesus would have been talking to a group of Jews that were listening to what he had to say. And they might have been sitting on a hill. Or they might have been sitting or standing somewhere around Jerusalem. And Jesus says, you know, uh, hey, you're sheep, I'm a shepherd, I'm a gate. And they would have been scratching their heads. They would have looked to the hillside and seen those sheep there dotting the landscape. Now, you and I, if I said, you're the flock and I'm the shepherd, you'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, we get what that means. That is not what Jesus is saying We think of the flock as a religious group, a churchy group. Jesus is the shepherd, the pastor is the shepherd. But instead, he's pointing them toward this really strange imagery. Because a shepherd's kind of a poor, dirty, out-in-the-field kind of guy. Right? The, The shepherd isn't a guy with power and privilege. A shepherd isn't a guy who's able to hang out in Jerusalem and hear what Jesus is saying. A shepherd's up there in the fields doing the dirty work. So first of all, they're going to be like, whoa, wait a minute, a shepherd? You're going to make yourself into a shepherd? You're better than that. Mmm. And then in this, this passage of sheep and shepherd, Jesus is trying to establish this imagery that a lot of times we think is about obedience, right? The sheep are going to follow the shepherd and march step right what the shepherd wants. But that's not what Jesus is trying to show them. What Jesus is trying to show them is about relationship. 
Jesus comes into the world to establish relationship. Jesus comes into the world to bring the people into a relationship. Think about the shepherd and the sheep. The sheep know that voice of the shepherd. The sheep are going to follow the shepherd because they trust that shepherd's going to keep them safe, lead them where they need to go, help them to eat and do whatever sheep do. I don't know what sheep do. You see, that's a problem. We don't know sheep. And meanwhile, the shepherd, the shepherd knows each and every one of those sheep. The shepherd knows that's Jimmy, that one's Sheila, over here is Bubba Cakes. The shepherd knows all of those sheep, and the shepherd has a relationship with those sheep. You see, this is a passage about the kind of relationship that God wants to have with the people. It is first and foremost about this deep relationship between the people and God. It's about relationship. Now, listen, if Jesus uh, were here today preaching, I guarantee he would not use sheep and shepherd to try and explain to us what a relationship is like, because you and I would be sheep and shepherd church, and that's not what he's saying. So, yes, we might talk about the way we have a relationship with our pets, you know, my dogs, they know my voice. I was so mean once. I was on a trip, and I had a camera in the backyard, and it's got a microphone, and I decided that I would call one of them through the microphone while they were out on the deck, and I, I went, Ziggy! And they all perked up. They're like, Mom, where are you? And they started running around and running in the house. I felt so bad. Because these, these little creatures, they know my voice. They, they, they want to be with me. Right? It's not about obedience. It's that, Mommy, we love you. Where are you? And meanwhile, I know all my animals. I know them in ways you don't know them. I mean, I know when I get home after church and I come in the house, my little Lexi poodle mix is going to be make me pick her up. And then once I pick her up, she's going to squeal and wag her tail. And then, okay, this is weird, she's got to smell my breath. It's like, what have you been doing? What have you been eating? Have I missed something? You all wouldn't know that, but I have a relationship with these animals, and they know my voice, and I know them intimately. That's what Jesus is saying. You know, uh, the, the Jamesons, they, they have dogs too, and I know one of their dogs is like, like their problem child. They'll tell you. And, and if they lined up their little doggies, I couldn't pick out the problem child because I don't have a relationship with them. But I guarantee you when I said they have a problem child, they know exactly who I'm talking about. You see, this is what Jesus is trying to say to these people. It's about a relationship. I know you well, and you listen to my voice because you trust in me. You know, uh, I think that Jesus might uh, use today with us the example of like a first grade teacher with his or her students. 
Now, for this, for us, this would resonate because, you know, the kids, at that age at least, have a tendency to listen to their teacher and, and to want to follow what the teacher says. And meanwhile, the teacher knows all those kids really well, knows which one, uh, you know, is shy, which one is outgoing, uh, which one is the class clown. The teacher knows all of these kids in their individual personalities. And in fact, if you think about it, uh, it and it's a sad thing to say, but even, even uh, these teachers, we see them today laying down their lives on behalf of these children. That's the kind of imagery that Jesus is talking about when he says, I lay down my life. I'm one who loves these people so much, I will lay down my life. It's not about obedience. It's about relationship. It's about Jesus and God loving us so much. They want us to be in that kind of relationship where we know Jesus and his voice and his teachings, and Jesus leads us and protects us. It's about relationship. But you see, oftentimes when we read this passage and Jesus says, I'm the gate, we think, oh, the gate. We like gates. We like fences. We put up fences and gates because we're going to keep people out. We like gates. Jesus, be the gatekeeper. Pe keep people out. Jesus, we don't like those people. Keep those people out. Jesus, these people don't do things the way we do. Keep those people out. We turn Jesus into a Marine standing at the embassy saying, you don't have the credentials to get in. Jesus is the gatekeeper is opening the gate. Jesus isn't closing the gate. Jesus isn't deciding that all kinds of people don't get to come in the sheep pen. Jesus is saying, I love each of you and all of you, and I'm the gatekeeper, not these other people. Think about it. All, all the religious authorities have been keeping all kinds of people away from God. All the religious authorities have said, you can't go into the temple. You can't go to the Holy of Holies. You can't have a direct relationship with God. The best thing that a sheep can do is be slaughtered on the altar. And Jesus says, nope, nope, I'm opening the gate. I'm going to tear the curtain in the temple. I am going to open things up because I am the gate. In fact, Jesus says that he has the kind of relationship with the Father, with God, that he, Jesus has with the sheep. In other words, Jesus isn't saying I'm a gate that keeps people out. He's saying, I'm the gate that gives you direct access to God. I'm changing things up here. No longer can people tell you you're not worthy of God. Every one of you are worthy of God. I'm opening up salvation to the world. But then we get to verse 16, which is the one Dale's really like, what about this verse 16? Because it says, you know, I have other sheep that aren't in this fold. I have other sheep that aren't in this flock. And eventually there's going to be one shepherd and one flock. Now, what we do with that, what Christians have done with that for centuries, 
he's gone back to ancient Judaism and decided who's in and who's out. We've turned around and taken that and said, Christianity is the only way, and if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're out. If you don't believe in Jesus and become a Christian and save the, say the prayer of sinners, which isn't in the Bible, you're done for. That's not what Jesus is saying. You can't take a gate that he's opening and then say we're going to slam it shut again. Jesus in this passage is saying, okay, this flock is the people of God of Israel. This is the people that God called in the beginning and said, you are my chosen people. Now, God made a covenant with the chosen people, and he's not here in this passage saying, now you guys are out. God is faithful to God's covenants. God is not throwing out the Jewish nation and saying something better now. But that's what we want it to be. We want it to be God doesn't love them anymore. God only loves us. You see, this is saying not only do I love the people of Israel, not only are they my flock, but now I'm going to take the word to the Gentiles. What, the Gentiles? Yes, I'm going to take the word to the Egyptians. I'm going to go out to build relationships with the Canaanites. I'm going to go out and I'm going to build relationships with the Romans and with the Greek philosophers and you name it. I'm going out to all the world. And we want to build more fences and close the gate again. You see, we don't know what the perfect relationship with God is. Jesus knows. We don't know what the perfect relationship with Jesus is because we are fallible human beings. But Jesus is trying to say to us that he is always looking to those who are kind of outside the power holders and outside of who's in charge and who gets to decide and who gets to name who's in and out because he says, I'm a shepherd. I'm one of those people you leave on the outside. And my flock will be my flock. I will be the shepherd of who I choose to shepherd. It's not up to us. We're sheep. We're to listen to his voice. Now, this should be a word of comfort for a lot of people because Christians sometimes have this idea that if this person or my loved one over here or that one hasn't said the name of Jesus Christ, they're out. Jesus isn't saying that. We take it. We turn it into a gate. We talk about hell. All Jesus is saying is, I want a relationship with everyone. And guess what? God created all of you in the image of God and created everyone as my child. And what I want is a relationship. What I want is to give life. What I want is not for you to simply become part of a religious system that's going to close doors and say, gay people aren't welcome, or black people aren't welcome, or brown people aren't welcome, or single people aren't 
aren't welcome or people who walk with a limp aren't welcome or people who have a skin disease aren't welcome or whoever you want to throw out, God says, no, I want a relationship. Jesus comes to say to us, build relationships. Live by the Spirit. Listen to his voice. Listen to his teachings. That's what it means to be part of the flock, is to find a way to learn to live together, to love God, to love one another, and to open the gates and not close them again. So people of God, be sheep. But bring all the sheep, whoever they may be, whatever they may look like, however woolly they may be. It doesn't matter to God. God wants a relationship with everyone. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.